Hello, humans, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 74. We are recording on Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. I am one of your hosts, AJ Idy. We have a great episode for you this week. We all received our desired next-gen consoles. There are a ton of new games to play, and joining us on the pod for the first time ever, special guest, Caitlin Redwing from Big Sort Gaming. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. I'm doing really good today. I'm really excited to join you guys. I'm a big fan of your podcast, and you know, I any excuse to talk about video games, especially with all our next-gen games, I'm here for it. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here for it. Chris is also here for it. Chris, how are you doing this week? It's been a very interesting week in my life, and I will leave it at that. But I'm right. I'm here now. I'm happy to be here, Caitlin. I'm really excited for this episode. But I'm I'm on one. It's been oh. a week. All right. Well, before we get to know Caitlin just a little bit better, we're gonna go right into the lowdown. If you want to be part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you don't use Twitter, you can send us email the old-fashioned way to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. That's our website. Go check it out. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, at MNGamers.Substack.com or at the, the aforementioned website. Back issues can also be found at MNGamers.Substack.com. We have three of them now, which is kind of cool to say. I know. It's like a, a thing. Yeah, it is. We've done a quarter of work. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. That just reminded me that I need to subscribe to your guys' Substack. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go do it. The more the merrier. Well, Caitlin, we always kind of like people who are guessing to go first in our what we are playing section. And I guess to start out, uh, just so that our listeners can get to know you in a, a little bit, like... Mm-hmm. What's uh what's this big sword gaming thing and um what's that all about and and I guess uh what kind of games do you like playing? Yeah, so Big Sword Gaming is a new YouTube channel that me and a few of my friends created. Awesome. Um if the internet had any idea of what game savvy is, it used to be a video game news website that we all used to be a part of and it has sadly died. Oh and, no. Oh, yeah, blown out. I know. Or one for game savvy, but we kind of realized we all really missed each other and we just kind of wanted to get together and talk about video games and play video games. Uh, we just put up an episode of us playing Among Us the other night, which oh, was cool. a lot of fun. So it's not just a podcast. Sometimes we'll post like we did the unboxing for the PlayStation 5. We'll Ooh. post uh, streams of us playing video games. We're hoping to get more into like a streaming schedule. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, it's just a lot of fun. We kind of have unfiltered humor. So if that's your jam, join us. Uh, we have a, I know like I'm really big into PlayStation gaming, but we've got Xbox PC gamers. We all, we kind of cover every corner of video games. Awesome sauce. I love yeah. it. But I guess if what I'm playing right now is I did get a PS5. Sweet. I was very lucky and was able to pick one up last week but i've oh my gosh i feel like i'm playing every game that's released for the playstation 5 but 
I finished Astro's Playroom right now, last night. If um if I don't know if any of you of our listeners follow John on Twitter, but he just posted today that he platinum that game for his first uh, his first PS5 platinum. So oh. shout out John. He couldn't be here today. He'll be back next week. But the chase continues. He's a he's a, one of one of those trophy people. So <laughs> that's it's going to be my first platinum. I have okay. I just like finished it, but I had a couple like trophies that I missed my mm. first playthrough because I am weird and like to play through a game without even looking at the trophies yeah, first and just seeing sure. like how many I can get by just how I play. Um, and then I go back and collect trophies. Ditto. It kind of like ruins the experience that is just like laid out for you. If you're mm -hmm. like, all right, I have to go to these four places for sure to do these things that I already know about. Right. Well, and it's so much more fun to kind of like come across something that's hidden or like uh, was really like if most people didn't find it their first playthrough and you just stumbled upon it without even knowing, without like following a guide. It just like gives me a little bit of serotonin in the morning. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, and then I finished Miles Morales the other night. Oh my goodness. Fantastic game. I just finished it too. Uh, obviously no spoilers, but oh my God, yeah. was that good. <laughs> oh, I was like sobbing at the end and I posted on my I Twitter. I did too. I so It's, I just like, I couldn't stop. And then this is like, a, not a spoiler for the game, but there's like something that happens in the credits is they give a, like a little tribute to, um, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm in that part like i was already emotional from the game being over and then i saw that and i just like lost it i was like oh great like, dude it took me a while to recover after even the credits were over like the game kind of like you know brings you back in because mm -hmm. there's still stuff to do and i just kind of was sitting there like i'm supposed to go do spider-man things right now like right. i can't do that <laughs> no i was the same way i had to like stop it and put it down i was like i'll come back to this but i need a couple days to like process this game for sure. And then the best game to jump into after that was obviously Astro's Playroom and then basically finished that super quickly. Um, what did you think was the coolest part of of the Astro's Playroom? I that's uh, so it's I just want to say like how it uses the controller. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's that controller blows my mind every single time I'm using it. Like I just don't think that it can get better and then that game showed me just like one more thing that it could do. Mm -hmm. Can y'all um, like really break down what makes it so special for me, a person who doesn't have a PlayStation 5 and like probably won't for a while? Because this seems like it's like the thing that everyone is claiming is the big differentiating factor between the yeah. two systems is how sick the controller feedback is. And I just want to have like, I know it's probably like hard to describe, but if you can like try and put it into words. <laughs> yeah, it is really hard to describe, at least I guess for me, but I... I feel like the, what is it, the haptic feedback? Did mm -hmm. I say that? Haptic? Mm -hmm. I always yeah, like yeah. want to say hepatic for some reason, but haptic feedback. Just using like the triggers and it's like, uh, I want to say there's like one part where you're kind of like in a little um, rocket ship, like a little rocket. Yes, that's what stands out to me too. Yeah. And you have to use the triggers, like you can slowly push them in or like, it depends on like how much pressure you put on those triggers is like how much boost you're getting in the rocket but from that side yeah but the triggers are pushing back so it's not just you like pushing down like the triggers normally without a game like you can push them all the way in without any resistance but in certain parts of at least in astro's playroom but other games you're going to get this like resistance um 
So I think like the rocket really stood out for me pulling, doing like shooting a bow, like mm -hmm. a bow and arrow. It felt like I was pulling back an arrow against a bow and it was like tough, you know? Yeah. The, the reports were not underestimating that at all. It was no. definitely noticeable. But even like someone, like I was already really looking forward to the PlayStation and I had heard people like reviewers who were like, this is no joke. I didn't believe them until I like played with the controller and I was like, holy oh, for cow. Sure. Yeah, there's a part right at the beginning when they're like just introducing you, like the controllers on the screen, and they're doing like the different things, like these are the triggers, these are the whatever. Um, they like have the vibration go from like the bottom of the controller like to the top, like it like you can mm -hmm. feel it like wave through the whole thing. It goes like like through it, which was really cool. Yeah, and or then... the sound will come out from like the left side of the controller. Oh, see, I was wearing side. a headset. I should replay it oh, without no. because it really messed up the like blowing of the air. I had to like <laughs> blow into my headset or like hum to make it go because it's just like looking for for noise, you know? Yeah. Uh, to make because like Chris, there's this one part where you have to like blow air to make fans move to like I don't know move the thing you're standing on or make something open or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a mic on the thing that you blow into, which is pretty cool. I'm getting like Nintendo DS vibes from that. Well, yes. there's a very like there's a some DS game that I'm not thinking of. Probably some sort of WarioWare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like distinctly remember. Ne oh, was it on? Um, it wasn't Brain Age or something, was it? Anyways, it's something no, in like that I era of DS game when they had the mic and you <laughs> had to like. Wasn't there a game where you had to be like really quiet and if the mic picked you up, you like were caught by people? Maybe I'm hoping oh that this. sounds cool. Anyways, There's, that sounds really cool. That's the only kind of game that I think that kind of feature is useful. How they used it in Astros, I don't know. It felt a little like of a kitschy mm. type. Um, that was my least favorite part. Was the yeah, the I, I didn't really care for having to blow into the controller. Like, <laughs> no. dumb. You could have done something else. Like, it, like I just look dumb doing this. Yeah. It almost reminds me of when and I was like taking my sorry, I was oh, like no, taking cool. one year off and holding my headset so I could like blow at the right angle to get it was like I looked even dumber, I promise you. <laughs> like that's so specifically like we're going to design a fan and have you blow a fan in a game is like mm -hmm. such a direct use of it. Whereas like I'm thinking of like when Nintendo was gonna do the heart rate monitor and people were like all hyped about how it could like dynamically change a horror game based off of how scared you were getting mm -hmm. and like even just if it was like something that like is reacting to the amount of noise you're making or something like that that's really interesting to me yeah, yeah i definitely would i love watching people play horror games so i was about to say <laughs> i would love to play a horror game like that however i'm a baby so i wouldn't get too far um but i would love to watch somebody play a horror game where they had to stay quiet and like the controller was listening to them it would be, be so such hard. a nightmare for a streamer though because they're like trying to engage with chat and then they're just <laughs> oh true getting caught in a stealth mission or something you could just chat back right like chat only communications <laughs> <laughs> or just put like crazy. a piece of tape over it anyways yeah i'm like, like well, it's so cool to hear that like it is something that you have to get your hands on because like how often is technology that way you know it's true mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really interested, like the only other example that I ever can go to <laughs> is from death loop where they're like saying like your, when your gun jams, like the trigger will not let you pull it. Yes. And like, oh, that sounds cool. I know that they're doing some things with like 
the way that it feels in the new Call of Duty game to like pull the trigger is unique to each gun based off like how it's supposed to feel. I'm playing that right now as well. The campaign, I've played a little bit of the multiplayer, but the campaign is actually very impressive. Um, Considering like I haven't liked a Call of Duty campaign game in years. Okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the feedback for each gun is very unique. Um, And it just like in... The vibrations go throughout the entire controller, so it just—it's it's like it feels like you're actually shooting a gun, and you're like not a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, so it feels like a machine gun. Like, That's crazy. Wear a seatbelt when you're playing your PlayStation Five, folks. That's cool. Well, I've been kind of playing pretty much the same things that you have, so I guess just to like tag off your PlayStation Five talk or whatever, um, Godfall is the only other game that I'm going to talk about today, but. I only reason I wanted to bring it up was because we were just talking about the triggers and like the haptic feedback. Um, I guess just real quick, cause I want to talk about it more like next week uh, in depth, but I will say like, if you're looking for like a story driven choice based dialogue tree type game, this is not the game for you. It's literally like you are putting a third person Diablo game together. Like even like the loot drops look like Diablo loot with like the colors and the little orbs and stuff like that. That said, it's like one of the smoothest games I've ever played. The combat is amazing. And as far as the triggers, which is the whole reason I started talking about this, it's has like this super important timing aspect because like how fast you hit the buttons changes your combo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's not about as many. It's not about like pushing more buttons. It's about like the timing of your buttons. And if you are like slightly off on the timings, like the trigger like resists a little bit. But if you hit it like perfectly, it like goes down like butter. So it's like, oh my god, it's that's really so, cool. No, yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, I, I now want to play Godfall. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you're hitting the timing right when it like it just goes all the way like. Oh, give me a rhythm up, game like, that does that right yeah, now. It's gonna be sweet when they get into that stuff. <laughs> I like this wouldn't happen because Hades is not on the PlayStation. But I am just like obsessed with Hades and I've beat it but I like can't stop playing um but I would love like a feedback like that in a game like Hades yeah I can't wait for like more I hope there's more games besides like PS4 or PS5 exclusives that that take advantage of it I mean Call of Duty is whatever they're doing it well there was that news story that popped off that even like they're putting it into I think like God of War and maybe one other of the back compact games for PS4 oh, too. Yeah, I did see that. Anyway, sorry, I want to I want to move on, but I it's like this is like fascinating to me as the person who has to sit on the sidelines for a while before I'm going to check it out. Um, for sure. And I feel like I made uh, I made a choice when I didn't get the one with the cool controller, um, but I did Whatever. get the Xbox Series X. Um, yeah, awesome. What have you been playing lately? Uh, this morning, I played Call Xbox Tech Support. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no! That's a horrible game. It's it was it was actually pretty good. the The person on the phone was like really supportive, and like when I answered all of the questions that they would routinely have you do when. So, to jump back, I'm having an issue never when it's playing a game, which is like kind of a relief. But anytime I'm streaming videos on any service, uh, it will just have a a video problem. It seems like it's related to the TV that I own, according to this like post on Reddit that I was looking at. You know what? I'm not going to interrupt you for long, but just to make you feel better, I was trying to watch a trailer on my PlayStation, like through the PlayStation store. 
and it was like glitching out and going crazy and freezing the video so bad that I had to keep restarting it. So sorry, but oh, yeah, yeah. it's both consoles. I <laughs> so um other than the troubleshooting, which the person on the phone was amazing and like let me be like, yes, I did try swip- swapping out HDMI cables <laughs> and ports already. I've reset it multiple times. I, I, it looks like it has to do with my TV. Can we just like move past this part of the conversation where you ask if it's, if it's turned on? Um, and then, uh, it, it was a nice conversation that basically is going to end with me, uh, sending in my Xbox cause I went through all of the steps they had and then Ugh. it happened immediately Ugh. after I hung the phone up again. Um, but it's fine. Um, but the place that it hasn't been a problem is while well playing games. And, uh, I finally, uh, to use their terminology, jumped in and uh, mm. threw my $1 down to upgrade my Xbox Live Gold to Xbox Live Game Pass <laughs> Ultimate. How many uh, months did you get? I got 10 months or 11 oh, months. Oh, that's solid. Yeah, I I could have, I like thought about trying to go in and like really heavily invest yeah. in it, but um, I felt like 10 months to try and play 100 games is probably <laughs> not going to work. And getting the system set up was really easy. And then just the experience of like having Game Pass made Quick Resume make so much sense. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Because I'm the normally the type of person who's like, well, this is the game I'm playing on my Xbox. I'm going to focus on this game. But when you have Tetris Effect for the first time and Streets of Rage 4, which... Um, I picked like games with amazing soundtracks this week, apparently was the theme. <laughs> Streets of Rage 4 is so good that I just started like sitting on this on this character select menu and the opening title crawl to just listen to the music and like was just staring at my girlfriend like, do you hear how sick this music is? Um, <laughs> it is all on Spotify, like super, super recommend. Um, I was listening to the soundtrack to the first Streets of Rage for a comparison point because the original composer worked in tandem with the person who did the Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack on a couple of tracks on, and on the tracks that are like the most interesting to me. Um, but it is so cool. It's like synthy 80s club bangers and it like perfectly fits with the gameplay in that game. It's amazing. And the characters in it are so cool. Sorry. It like there's this <laughs> chick who has red hair and a guitar and her special attacks are just her like slamming her guitar on stuff. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Oh, that's it cool. is perfect. like Mad Max. A lot, like a lot Mad of Mad Max or... energy, or if you're a dope like me, El Cabong energy from <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cartoons, um, except if it was a really cool chick instead of <laughs> a horse. Um, so that game was like a perfect, like, I'm going to sit for an hour and a half for one night and check this game out that I've heard amazing things about. And I really, really liked it. I think I played through like three levels of it and I want to go back to it. But is there multiplayer co-op? There is couch co-op. And I was like, Trillion, we can play it is together. There... Trillion's my girlfriend's name. I don't know if I've Could said that Could we play over the internet? Because I do have the Game Pass. The, the Game Pass. <laughs> the Game Pass. I didn't see if there was online multiplayer, but it would be like, for people who don't know what Streets of Rage is, picture like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game or the Simpsons arcade game where you're doing like a four-player beat-em-up. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those games are always better with more people. Um I do think this one has like a lot of depth to the combat that I wouldn't have associated with those games before. Like there's kind of like some special move stuff where when you use their special attack, it takes a chunk out of your health. But Mm, if you combo somebody out of it and do enough damage to an enemy, you get that chunk of health back. 
but if they break your combo before you get your health back, it does the damage of their attack plus the damage you took from doing your special. So it's like a huge risk reward system. It's amazing. Um, anyways, sorry, didn't mean to go that hard in the paint for Streets of Rage Four, but like I'll risk all the time. It's sick. No, that's you. why I've never played that game, but I just think you have me interested now. If yeah. like, and this is the thing about Game Pass is like I had like distantly heard Streets of Rage Four is amazing. But like, is it $25 amazing? I don't know. I've never played a Streets of Rage game. But now <laughs> I know for a fact that's probably $25 amazing. Um, <laughs> Tetris Effect Connected, I played um, even less of that, uh, but it definitely is an experience. With like the 4K HDR visuals and the music on, like I have a okay set of speakers on my TV. Like mm -hmm. I was just like getting drawn into it the way that like, obviously like the Tetris effect is meant to have you have, have happen. Um, and you know, shout out to Tetris 99 for making me like slightly better at Tetris than I was right. two years ago, because I don't feel like a nincompoop playing this game <laughs> right now. Um, but I'm interested in playing more of that. It's definitely like a good kind of like palate cleanser. And then the two big games that I played are both also old the first game I played was Geometry Wars Retro Evolved 2, which is like <laughs> probably top five games of all time for me. And so it kept my place on the leaderboards. For people who aren't familiar with this game, which I don't know how you could not be, but um, it's a twin I've stick never shooter. Heard of this game. <laughs> You've never heard of Geometry Wars 2? I've never, nope, heard, never of heard of Geometry Wars 2. <laughs> so Geometry Wars 1 was an Xbox never. 360 launch title. Okay, I see. Now I'm looking at pictures. And it's a twin stick shooter. You move with the left stick and you shoot in the direction that you push the right stick. Ooh, colorful. The best game mode is a game mode called Pacifism, <laughs> where you don't shoot because you're not allowed to. And instead, it's like slaloming through a video game. And so there's these little gates. And when you cross through a gate, it creates an explosion. And all the while, it's spawning in these blue rhombus enemies that follow you around the screen and will grow into a cluster. And so you try and build a cluster of them behind you without getting hit and then pass through a gate that explodes to knock some of them back. And then you pick up these little green little dots. And each one of the green dots comes from an enemy death. And I okay. think you probably get like three per enemy. And each one of those ticks up your multiplier for your score by one. Oh, okay. So, so the more you kill, the more you kill. My, <laughs> the more damage you do. <laughs> my old high score on my system, and like keep in mind it's from high school, so I don't know if it was me or a friend who put it on the leaderboard, was 201 million in that game mode. So now I'm just staring down my other friend's old high score of 227 million because they just put the <laughs> next person from your friends list on the leaderboard ahead of you on your screen at all times. That's just, awesome. I'm like looking at a video like without sound and it just looks like a game like Galaga on crack. It's <laughs> so the reason I checked it out is because the Xbox Series X has like an auto 4K or an auto HDR filter that goes back to old games and like applies HDR lighting to them. And this game is obviously like, it's like a neon explosion. And the thing that I learned about this is either my memories of this game are so rose colored that I cannot tell the difference, or I just am like not the target demographic for visual enhancements to video games. Um, Fair enough. But I mean, it's like a very simple game. 
putting putting like one of my favorite games ever aside the game that i really spent time with uh this week was jedi fallen order Um, what color is your lightsaber so because i have it so i own the game but it's also on game pass through ea play Uh and when i started the game it was like oh premium downloadable content skins were already unlocked in the game So I have like an orange lightsaber nice. at the very start of the game, which looks really cool. I am really into the combat loop. Like I feel like it's challenging the way that a souls like game should be without being as punishing as those. And I'm trying to use it as kind of like a jump gentle ramp into playing souls like games again. Cause I just bounce yeah. off of them. Um, and Whoever invented the sliding, jumping, and grabbing rope puzzles needs to yeah. just stop. <laughs> yeah, they they were kind of janky at times, weren't they? I, it's for a, like for a studio that made first person wall running fun and fluid and amazing. It's like shame on you, respawn, for making platforming that's so miserable. <laughs> but um it's so interesting. i played jedi fallen order for the first time i think in may and i don't remember any jinkiness to the platforming i'm just bad i think is probably what the problem is but there's like so little forgiveness like i just can picture these ice slut i was i just finished the second world but I, i'm bad at star wars so i'm not going to remember any other world names but you go down this ice slide and then there's a rope dangling in the middle of the air. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm assuming later on when I get force pull, you're supposed to force pull them to yourself, but I don't have that yet. And I just leap out and like, he doesn't remotely gravitate towards it. Gotcha. <laughs> you just have to nail it. <laughs> and <laughs> it drove me crazy to the point where I was like yelling at the TV. <laughs> but um <laughs> I so I beat the first like or I guess second boss fight um of like I mean I guess spoilers for Jedi Fallen Order it seems like an old enough game at this point um where you fight like the ATAT at the end of the mm-hmm. second level um Oh yeah. But without going too long in the tooth on it cuz I I want to get moving like the thing that I think is amazing about this game is I felt like towards the end of the second level that I was completely lost and somehow had stumbled on a completely undiscoverable area that was like way past where I was supposed to be and felt amazing about like having like uncovered this part of the map that like, I'm like probably wait, like I probably had to fly back here with more powers later on to explore this and then realized, (laughs) Nope, that was just part of the map that you were supposed to go through to get to the next part of the game. Um, which is a, a really hard feeling to get right. Um, like I, I actually don't know how you do that, but it was a really cool feeling. So that's the thing that's driving me through the game. Mostly is this feeling of like, I'm going to feel like I explored well beyond my means and it'll actually just be the right way that I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Did you play any other star Wars games? Cause for me, Jedi Fallen Order was like everything I ever wanted from a star Wars game. Oh, I, um, I grew up watching people play star Wars games. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was a few years older than me who would play Jedi Knight, like Jedi outcast or like yeah. all of the PC ones, especially. And then, um, whatever the ones on N64 were, I had another friend who had a couple of the PS one ones. Um, yeah. but I am kind of like on the lower end of star Wars fandom. I, I wouldn't even call myself like a fan. I just, I enjoy it. I think it's cool, but I also think it's incredibly stupid. 
Um, I think I, I, as a fan, think it's incredibly stupid. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of it, at least. But I, I will say, like, I really love the characters in this game. I really love the lightsaber combat and the force moves so far that they've introduced are really, really doing it for me. Like, it just feels really good to, like, hit slow on an enemy and then come up and hit them with a hard overhead lightsaber swing. Um, yeah, the lightsaber mechanics felt really good. Like very fluid and just how a lightsaber should feel. And then to like go back and like reverse my cr- trash talking of respawn, just the brilliance of being like, yes, like you're you, instead of give it like the idea that like you're going to have spaces that are pitch dark and your flashlight is just holding your lightsaber up above your head. Mm-hmm. And like making a multi-purpose use out of the block button to also be like, now you're using your flashlight is so, so smart that it makes me angry. <laughs> um, so like, I think this game has a ton to offer and I've literally just scratched the surface of it. Um, but <laughs> I hope there's Chris, less platforming. <laughs> do you know what, do you know what we've just scratched the surface on? The next generation of video games. That's absolutely right. Should we get into, I guess, what we're calling this week next gen news? Yes, please. All right, let's do it. All right, well, first up for the next gen news today is going to be an article written by Haley Williams at GameSpot. And it's all about how people are charging a big premium for their scalped or no scalpers. I should say are charging a big premium uh, for the next gen consoles. And she did some good research here. If you want to give her a click over at GameSpot.com, go find it. She has some photos here of a PlayStation five disc version with 11 bids at $910. And hold on, let me click more. There's the Xbox Series X at $854. So I'm thinking I should have maybe bought two consoles at launch. <laughs> what do you guys think? It just, I don't know. I understand the want for a next gen console. And if you've got money to be like, yeah, I can spend a few hundred more, not even a few hundred, like double mm-hmm. the price for a PlayStation 5. But at $1,000, you might as well just buy a PC. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can get a reasonably priced gaming PC at $1,000 that will compare to the power that a PS5 or an Xbox Series X can give you. I don't know. It just makes me so mad. Like, I don't like scalpers. I think it's ridiculous. I don't wish... I wish people wouldn't give them money. Mm-hmm. They just buy up all of these consoles that could have gone to people who really wanted them. For sure. At a reason at the price that they should be bought at. I I you I really want to say that I like respect the hustle of people doing this, but I feel like the game has changed with like sneaker bots out here like buying up the entire stock of games systems like before they go up basically or like as they go up. Yeah, there's um, no um, there's no code anymore. You're not waiting in the cold in November overnight to get three consoles. You're programming three computers to get them. <laughs> I, right. The people who are doing this are actually asleep while the listings are going up because they've just programmed yeah. their computers to do it. I definitely like 
you know, it would be a, a hypocritical thing to be like, never do this. But, um, because I literally did it for the PlayStation three when I was in high school. <laughs> um, but I did have to wait in the cold in a line at a target and be threatened by people in trucks who wanted to budge in line. So I felt like I earned my like small $300 profit that I got on that. If I, <laughs> I would say that you, you earned, earned that, that extra cost. If there's a threat of bodily harm, then <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, like I, it just makes me sad because like, I don't know, maybe they're like, maybe they're like so desperate to make some money right now in the hard economic times. I'm just trying to be a little bit compassionate, but yeah, mostly like, please stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's, yeah, I saw some people who like posted on Twitter and they're like, Hey, like I, was able to snag an extra copy. Does anybody want to buy it from me? Or like that I totally understand mm -hmm. because pre-ordering was chaos. And like, even I ended up putting my pre-order in at like 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. That night through Best Buy. Like I tried all night, couldn't do it. Went to bed, woke up at three and I was like, oh, I'll try. And it just went through. So it's like, who knows? You could have like tried multiple sites and you just happened to get a couple consoles and maybe you're like, all right, I'll try to make like an extra buck and you sell it a little bit higher, but selling it at a thousand dollars. Well, I mean, those were bids though. I mean, in their defense, they just listed it and people were bidding on it. So, well, this, this one that's at a thousand fifty is like, buy Oh, it was it? I, I guess I didn't click yeah. on it. That, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for reading. It was up to like <laughs> 14, 1500 for PS fives right now looking at oh my eBay. God. What? Um, but that's just like the, the, what do they call it? Um, they have like sponsored, uh, sponsored listings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will, some of them might just be bots bidding on it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. see, it's, it's Sad. such a different time than when I innocently borrowed my like uncle's eBay account because you had to be like verified on eBay to be able to sell or whatever. I don't even understand it. <laughs> I mean, I used to buy like designer handbags, which is weird. And I would like, just very random, but like Kate Spade specifically would have these like surprise sales and the bags would be like super cheap. And I would buy a few. And then because they're like all the really old bags that you can't buy anymore. And then I would go on eBay and sell them for basically like the price that you would pay, but I bought them like 70% off. Awesome. That is amazing. And so I would, and then I would just like keep one of the bags. So it was kind of like, I just made my money back. Um, and maybe then some, yeah. so I guess I really shouldn't shame these people too much. Well, that's different it's than the just... bots though. This is like, when, is. um, we live in, or I live in Minnesota. Jeez. It's, we started at first when we very first started this podcast, everyone was from Minnesota, <laughs> but I live in Minnesota. And like, for example, the, the Minnesota twins baseball team home opener, the tickets will go on sale and they'll be sold out immediately sold out on the twins website and then you go to stubhub.com or whatever handful of secondary sellers there are and there's like fourteen thousand tickets available on the site and it's like how is that yeah. fucking legal <laughs> right i do like really respect game stop for the queue system that they put in place because it seems like to me like that's a good way to prevent the sniping i think is like mm. one of the terms of the all of the pre-orders and stuff. I know. If only they were going to be around long enough <laughs> to do it again. <laughs> I guess to each their own. Go get that money. <laughs> it's capitalist society. Yeah, just don't. 
I don't spend a thousand dollars on a console. Just, just like, oh, you can't possibly need to play the Demon Souls remake for fi- right. like fifteen hundred dollars bad, and the rest of the games are like pretty much still available everywhere else. Yeah, and they keep putting more consoles up. Like, weren't didn't more consoles go up today? Yeah, I think I just that saw yesterday? that. I th- well, I think the problem is, is they're like January, February deliveries and people want to give them as Christmas gifts mm. as part oh, of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've uh, in our what we've been playing section, we talked all about like how much we love our new consoles and stuff. But we've got a tiny bit of negativity here written up by Phil Hornshaw once again at GameSpot about how Sony needs to fix PlayStation 5 games defaulting to ps4 versions and mostly the reason i put this on here is because my friend from high school actually that i'm still in touch with to this day he messaged me and was like hey have you been having problems with spider-man and and i was like a little bit but like not too bad like i switched it to the performance mode and it's pretty much smooth and he's like yeah mine's running like crap running like crap and then he discovered that his was playing off the ps4 version and then, like, the next morning, this article by Phil Hornshaw at GameSpot came out all about this. So um, I just, I guess, wanted to talk a little bit about it. Like, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think people should be able to figure out what game they're running? or? Uh... It's just not clear. So I I didn't play any of the games on the PS4 mode, but I because I had saw someone tweet about it and then I was like looking at my Call of Duty like file size and it was huge and then I realized it had downloaded the PS4 and PS5 versions so I just deleted the PS4 version see, but I, even sorry see when I when I bought Bug Snacks or uh, sorry not mm-hmm. Bug Snacks that's free uh, uh Sackboy when I bought Sackboy's yeah. Big Adventure that one gave me the option to choose like just PS5 or both so I just did both PS5. Oh. I probably was given the option, but I was like probably button sure, smashing sure, sure. Yeah. and just like going through everything so it would start downloading. Um, I'm fairly certain it, it was my own doing. But even when you like go to, they're like, oh, you just like go to the game and you go to like the little menu option to like tell which version you have. It's still not clear because if you have like the PS5 version chosen and you go to the menu, in the menu it says PS4. What? So. Because so then it's like you if you click on the PS4 version, then you're switching to the PS4 version. But I could see how some people would have the PS5 version up, see PS4 listed in the menu and think, oh, I'm running the PS4 version. Okay, interesting. Like it just none of it's clear. And I don't know why the games are defaulting to the PS4 version when the system should already like recognize that you're playing on a PS5. So well, why would you want the PS4 version? Luckily, this sounds like a software issue so that they could just like patch it out, hopefully. Um, yeah. Did you ever, and I, while we're on the topic, did you ever, did you have any issues with Spider-Man running on yours? Did you crash ever or anything? Yeah, I had a couple. Same. I Just very minor, like, I think there was one part where I was like trying to get a guy out of a moving car and I hit like the triangle to like zip to it. Mm-hmm. And all of the audio kept playing, and I could tell I was like getting shot at, but like my screen wasn't moving. Oh no! I was like, great. So, but it like luckily that wasn't like a main mission. It just was like one of those like crimes nearby. Yeah. So I didn't like lose any progress. Um, I think that happened maybe twice. Like I think I had to hard reset it twice, but I didn't 
lose anything. Yeah, I had it when, like, right when Miles learned, like, a new ability, and I had to use that ability, it, like, was too much for it, and it just froze, like, right on the mm-hmm. screen. Like, with, it actually looked super cool, like, with all the electricity, like, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I had to hard yeah. reset mine, too. Um, I feel like I'm pretty forgiving, just, be- like, they're brand new consoles. Yeah, I'm and- with you. I understand like things are going to go wrong and like there's some like I love the new UI for the, the PlayStation I think the, it's very snappy I like how the store is like not an app anymore and it's just like on the home screen mm-hmm. however I want them to add back in when you like hold the power button the menu comes up to like put in rest mode or power off like the PS4 controller would do now you have to like press the home button Go down to the, the bottom menu, go all the way over to the power button, and then put it in rest mode. Like, there's just yeah. more steps to your PlayStation off. Yeah, for sure. I noticed that. I'm like, why is this so hard? <laughs> and that's one of those yeah. things that, like, on paper shouldn't be a big deal. But I know, like, when I was using my Xbox all the time, I used to be able to turn the TV off first and then turn the game system off without looking through the controller because it's yeah. so few movements. And yeah. even with the PlayStation, I felt like if I was using it all the time, I like got the number of clicks up you have to do to put it in rest mode for the PS4. But just, I don't know. And it's such like a small use case to be like, my TV's off, but I need to turn the system off and I don't want to get up. <laughs> Anyways, but it's like one. No, I definitely, I totally feel you. That's, I feel it adds up. Way. Do you think the PlayStation 4 confusion stuff is a user interface problem like is is the information just not being forwarded in a clear way yeah and first of all it's the user experience yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get technical i'm probably the ux (laughs) ux problem i think that's so cheesy i think one there's a problem with it defaulting to ps4 games but then there's also the problem that it's not specific in the information on being like you're running the ps5 version click here to switch to the ps4 version vice versa definitely that's something that i haven't had a problem with on the series x but i also haven't jumped into that many games that are i mean i guess all of the games i've been playing are old games but um Tetris Effect Connected has like the Series X, Series S enhanced logo on it. And so when I installed Mm -hmm. it, I just know that it's the right version because it seems like they only have, like it it doesn't give me an option to do otherwise. Hmm. That's good. The delivery was so smart. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's way different than now I'm thinking back to like the physical games, like the Call of Duty Xbox, like the actual game, like, what are they called? I keep cartridge box. The box? Yeah. The box. Like the covers of the Xbox One X and Xbox Series X were basically identical except for a little sticker that was oh, like, like the cover art. Is... Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Same with PlayStation and four and five, kinda. Kind of. Oh, I guess at least the PS5 has like the white yeah. top. But I felt like the Xbox ones were even more like it was just really hard to tell the difference because they both had the green Xbox on the top and it just was like a little square in the corner that was like this one's just for the Series X, Series Mm -hmm. S, but you could also like play on the Xbox One X. And I think that's like specific to Call of Duty, right? Because they have like 20 different versions of that game out this year. I just, why is it so hard? Can we go back to just like one 
yeah. version of a game. Yeah, for sure. Please. Oh my gosh. Speaking of Xbox Series X, our next story is, I mean, everywhere, but I'm pulling it from Patricia Hernandez at Polygon. Apparently the Xbox Series X has had some disk drive problems, and I guess Chris, as an Xbox Series X owner, I was wondering if you've run into anything like this. Um, not yet. I was running Jedi off disk um, right when I was started playing it, but now because of having it on Game Pass as well, I don't need the disk to play it. Um, but I installed like three or four games off disk, and it didn't make anything like any noise out of the ordinary. I actually haven't listened to any of the audio on these videos either to like see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, I was <laughs> just crossing my fingers and it seems like I got mostly lucky except for this issue that I'm having. But to kind of go back to like the scalping conversation, like the lesson that this gives me with the disk drives or with me having this video problem or with the like just the crashing on Spider-Man is like, these are like the first draft. And like, if anyone was around for the red ring of death era of the Xbox 360, (laughs) like the lesson is like, y'all should just chill and like, wait until us idiots who bought these things day one report all of the problems (laughs) and get them worked out because it's, it's not pretty. Um, And like, I don't know. I, I think like anytime you have a new piece of hardware like this, you're going to have instances of errors that like repeat, obviously. And Mm -hmm. so like this was expected for me. I did like, I don't know if you all saw the, the like fake videos of people blowing vape smoke out of the top of their Xboxes going around, but like Xbox tweeted about it. Legitimately stopped my heart for a second. (laughs) I can't believe we don't have, I can't believe we have to tweet this, but don't vape into your Xbox. (laughs) Once again, Xbox's social media team is on point. And so speaking of which, it seems like Xbox support like has directly addressed the um, disc drive problem saying like, you know, go to their website and, send it through the the hardware uh, self-support program. And um, from the sound of things, like they were super responsive to me with my issue thinking that it might be hardware and they were just like, we will repair or replace it. Like it's all under warranty, um, I think for at least a year. I think my warranty goes through uh, the uh, 2022 actually on it. Um, oh, cool. So it, I think like as long as people can be patient and like are willing to ship their thing back to Xbox. Like hopefully they should be able to get it fixed for them, but it definitely sucks to spend $500 on something and then just have it be a faulty version of that thing. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. I'm very much a, like, don't follow my own advice, but I definitely think hardware is something that you should not like as a general consumer, Hardware is not the thing that you should buy when it launches. Software, you can. Like, yes, there's normally not problems with software, but hardware is always going to have these hiccups, and it's going to take some time to flush them And lots of suckers sure. like us who don't follow your advice. Exactly. I'm like, I've told so many people this, and I don't listen to my own advice, but I do highly recommend it. I think it's a rule of, of thumb that if you don't follow the advice, I think it means it's actually good advice that you're giving. Okay. It's kind of like a, okay. a snake eating its own tail thing. Because you've learned. You've been yeah. there to, to make the mistake, and now you can tell other people not to. 
In that case, all of my advice is really good because <laughs> I never follow my good. advice. All right. It's the singularity. So follow Caitlin Redwing at Twitter for life advice. <laughs> Don't. Mm. Uh, it's not good advice. Well, since we're suckers and we bought consoles, uh, let's talk about all the people uh, across the Pacific who also bought consoles. This article is written up by Brian Ashcroft at Kotaku, and it's got the numbers for the Japanese sales for the next-gen consoles. He pulled this info from Famitsu, so we should give them credit as well. But... According to Famitsu, between November 12th and November 15th, the PlayStation 5 sold 118,085 consoles in Japan, um, and those are both versions together. The biggest game selling was Marvel's Spider-Man Morales, Avi, at 18,640 copies, which is followed closely by Demon Souls, which I think is also pretty obvious, by only... 33 copies. Yeah, 30, 33 copies. Second place by 33 <laughs> copies. That is less obvious to me than, than it would seem at, at its face. Well, yeah, I I meant like that Demon Souls would also be popular. I guess I didn't realize that they were that close. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, Brian goes on to write, the Xbox Series X and S sold 20,534 units between November 10th and 15th, Famitsu added that the pre-orders for both consoles were sold out and it's still hard to get either console at launch, blah, 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 console stuff. Guys, how crazy is that? I think it's predictable. Yeah. But... I mean, it makes sense because, like, Xbox doesn't have a big foothold over there. Yeah, and he, he gives some context um, saying, you know, PlayStation 4 sold 309,000 units in its first week. Um Xbox One sold 23,500 in its first four days on sale in Japan. So it, it's always been a big gap. And I think the demand for like home game consoles has uh, continually declined in Japan over time. I think they're a pretty big mobile market, hence the invention of the Switch and things like that. The amazing, yeah. the amazing Switch, which I've been neglecting lately. I feel kind of bad. My PlayStation 5 has been taking up all my time. My poor little Switch. I've had to be really intentional Same. about neglecting my Switch so that I can use the thing that I spent all the money on. <laughs> I I think, actually, what really stands out to me is the difference of the PlayStation 5 versus PlayStation 4. Like, going from 309,000 units in 2014 to 118,000 is huge. And I... I feel like there's probably a lot of factors when Chris, I mean, you said like they're way more into like the mobile and with the launch of the Nintendo switch. And then you have like a global pandemic, but I also feel like the jump from PS4 to PS5 is not as huge of a jump in video games as the PS3 to PS3 to PS4 was. That's definitely, definitely true. I mean, like I honestly like wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between, I mean, to be fair, I haven't, Tune in next week for when I like am gobsmacked by Gears Five because I think that's going to be <laughs> the one that I boot up to see like what a Series X game is actually supposed to look like. But like, it it really feels like it's like a marginal improvements at this point. Yeah. Well, like there, yeah. I feel like while I was playing even like Miles Morales, I had to like check. I was like, am I playing? Like, what mode am I playing? And I'm like, was it like performance or fidelity because like both looked yeah, so yeah. good it, that 
even when it was the performance and like visually it wasn't as good as the fidelity i like almost couldn't tell at times for sure like the windows were still super reflective and it was just like i don't know it was awesome yeah yeah. Oh, those shots of the ray tracing in the windows that I've seen, like some of the video of that, even if it's like 1080p YouTube video, just seeing how good the reflections look with ray tracing hurts my heart that I don't have something to look at that with. <laughs> For sure. Hey, Chris, did you have one last news story? Did you want to mention the game of the year nominees? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just uh, not, We're not going to go into them because we're getting along, but we want to at least acknowledge them because they were announced today. Yeah. So um, on Twitter, the Game Awards, the Keeleys, as people affectionately call them, uh, <laughs> the nominations were just announced in one big tweet storm. So if you want to find them um, and go into the nitty gritty of um, each of the different categories, there's a, a big long tweet post on the Game Awards uh, Twitter feed. But I just wanted to to give a quick shout out to the six games that are nominated for Game of the Year as I type with one hand into <laughs> Twitter, um, which I think are a really interesting set of six games. Yeah. So drum roll, please. Uh, for, for the category of Game of the Year, um, pro- I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself because we might do something with this later, but um, the six are in order uh, from left to right on the post. Animal Crossing New Horizon, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us 2. I've I've played and beaten proverbially, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Half of the games this time. That's that's pretty good for me. They look super good. I'm happy. Yeah, so... I'm happy too. I was, I tweeted about it. I was so happy for Hades. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if that's what I'm going to vote for just because I really loved The Last of Us 2. Right, right. Um, but just, I don't know. Hades blew me away this year and part of me just wants to vote for it because it being nominated for Game of the Year is just like, it's Yeah. Uh, me, all three of us on. <laughs> this podcast have finished Hades and Chris and I really like it too. So, well, it's... so finished is a relative okay. term. I have not uh, seen credits. I haven't run. done finished my, a run. my uh-huh. 10, my 10 finishes. <laughs> oh, really? I've only finished once and almost twice. <laughs> 10. Then you're not even close. Yeah. I know. To I'm going to, I'm going to play more. I've got to play PS5. Caitlin, have you done all 10? Yes. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I have to like bow down to you because like I just got through by the skin of my teeth on the first one. And then um, I got the magnet pull on the fists, got that hot tip and just creamed the game on the second time that I beat it. It felt so good. I think the fists are the only ones I haven't beat it with. Oh, you got to get the magnet ability. Yeah, I don't think I've used that ability with it. It's so fun and so broken feeling. (laughs) <laughs> this, yeah. why this game's so lit my best weapon was the bow really that was my second best weapon I say that. people are like what because they hated the bow okay i loved it at the risk of going super long and doing like a haley hades spoiler cast right now we should like, we what? should do a haley spo- spo- spoiler cast. can we can we okay i'm gonna pause Kayla this back. right now can we promise like <laughs> do like a blood pact for all three of us to talk hades on a podcast yes. I'll talk Hades for hours. Okay, this yeah, is perfect. That's good. We could fill an hour and a half of that. Yeah, <laughs> I will right, just for talk now, forever. <laughs> for now, let's talk about our mostly normal question for this week, which, Chris, did you put this in here? I made this one up. I'm really proud of this oh, one. Oh, dope. It, the question is, what is the best song to request from a wedding DJ? 
I guess, at a wedding. I love this question because I started writing in a journal and this is like, I don't know, not TMI, but like, I was just writing about how I miss dancing with my friends. Oh my God. The other night. And I was like, this is such a random thought, but I was like, yeah. I just, I can't believe I miss like weddings and going out with friends and just dancing. So like, this mm -hmm. is a good question. Cause it really made me think of like, Oh, what are the best wedding songs? Which you know, I think like you can never go wrong with ABBA. Oh, yep. Dancing queen. Yep. I was like dancing queen or like take a chance on me. I'm like, I just, there's something about them. Um, take a chance on me might actually beat dancing queen for me. If yeah, it was going to be an ABBA pick. Yeah. Take a chance on me is my favorite ABBA song, but most people <laughs> love dancing queen. I'm like biting my tongue, trying not to sing everything. Oh, fantastic. So, um, Caitlin, you're not alone and should not feel ashamed about missing dancing. I like any, I have a specific group of friends where anytime I talk to them, I'm just like, why are we not at a bar dancing right now? And then just like anytime a music with a sick dance beat, including the entirety of the streets of rage Four soundtrack is playing. <laughs> I just want to go to the club. Oh, I love that. Um, that is awesome. So yeah, the correct answer is um, the Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack. <laughs> at a dance or at a, a wedding dance? <laughs> um, that was just a joke to buy time. But AJ, do you do you have one that comes to mind? Um, you know, I've had a couple friends tell me that like they don't like it when people request songs at weddings. <laughs> oh, because they have like a really, baseball. really finely well, that, tuned playlist. Well, that and you're going to hear ABBA. Or at, or however you say it, I think it's A B B A. Right? You're gonna hear yeah. the Cupid Shuffle and that other one that's a little bit older, the uh, uh, Electric Slide. The oh. Electric Slide. You're yeah. gonna hear the Chicken Song. So I guess uh, those are all my my go tos. Like all all the songs that I want to hear are gonna be played already. So oh. I'm just I'm I'm along for the ride. <laughs> I, could, I could probably take a guess that the most requested song is I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh yeah, I bet it is. And they're probably like, I've heard this song 10,000 <laughs> times a year. Because that was my first thought of a song. And I was like, that's probably everybody's first thought is Whitney Houston. I, I have a very specific answer to this question. All right. And it is Beyonce's Love on Top. Yeah. Interesting. Not single ladies? Definitely not single ladies. They play no. that at every wedding though, because then they can all go out there and find their husbands. Yes, but you can't yeah, that's you cannot scream. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could scream sing single ladies, but like Love on Top is the most hype Beyonce song of all time. All right. Um it's like between that and the song Countdown for me. Both that's from the same of, album. A, there's a lot of songs. Beyonce yeah, album was... four, slept on Beyonce album. I think Partition by Beyonce is the best Beyonce oh, song. Man, I, I don't don't get I... me wrong. I am a, a, a Beyonce holds a very special place in my heart, and that song hurt my soul in ways that I can't. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but. I definitely would not request it at a wedding because I don't think it's kid appropriate. And I think that's a big factor, <laughs> but I, I know that's oh. not the conversation here. Partition is well, sick. Okay. so good. Okay. So how late in the night it is. If the kids oh, that's are a gone. good point. At my, my sister's wedding, um, we very specifically had like a take the kids home and we're taking the kid gloves off moment with the DJ. <laughs> oh, geez. You know, like, if we were able to like have weddings that go to weddings right now, everybody would be requesting WAP. Oh, for sure. All of the drunk aunties and uncles. 
they all would be requesting that song and it would be on repeat. Oh God. I was, I was thinking about that. I'm not even going to lie. Like just a couple of hours ago, I was like, WAP is definitely a wedding song. I actually really like that song. The song fucking bangs. (laughs) Or, um, a savage remix. Speaking of bringing it all together with the Beyonce and the Megan the stallion. I feel like that would be going (laughs) off pretty hard at weddings right now. Anyways, I could also talk about this for hours. So (laughs) well, pull the plug. Everybody that does it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. Caitlin, can you let people know where they can find you, follow along with everything on the internet, what you're up to, uh, Big Swirts Gaming, all that jazz? Yeah, I probably the best place is Twitter. Just Caitlin Redwing is my handle. Um, Redwing like the hockey team. And Big Swirt, which is on Twitter <laughs> and YouTube. Did you boo the hockey team? Yeah, we're from Minnesota. Go wild. Oh, you're well i I that's i'm not just i'm not like a huge fan or anything that actually is my last name oh cool yeah but i am from michigan so well i'm not booing your last name to be clear just yeah making sure all right anywhere else (laughs) is it at Uh, big swirt yep just at big swirt both and then big swirt gaming on youtube awesome what's the etymology of swirt am i old no, it was a spelling mistake. Oh, that's great. I was I was wondering if it was in your message to me, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going with Swirt. No, it, yep, it came from a spelling mistake, and we decided to roll with it. Love it. You know how close I was to asking you if it was a typo? <laughs> I love that. Like, like, about to type the message out, like, is this really how it's spelled? <laughs> no one's ever asked me. Everything's just like, oh, okay. I'm like, yep. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's how it's spelled. Well... Chris, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> um, kind of lately, you can't uh, since I'm trying to stay off insta- or <laughs> off uh, cool. social media as much as possible. But um, once in a while, uh, to get true to the name for once, you can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. I respect that. Everyone needs a break sometimes from the social medias. You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E on Twitter. Once again, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow us on Twitter at mngamerspodcast. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, at mngamers.substack.com. Lastly, leave us a five-star review because Chris wants you to. Pretty Caitlin, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Um, when I wrote this script, I didn't know that there was a potential Haiti spoiler class in our future. I hope that happens because once again, this turned into the Hades podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to be back on to talk Hades or anything. Let's do it. Well, that's it for our show now. Everybody, go play some games. Bye. 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 Bye.